Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me here on another episode of Simply Put. This is your host, Britt, and I am so excited to dive into part two of Philippians chapter one. But before we do that, I have an ask, okay? So last week, uh, we hit 50 downloads on the first day that um, the episode was posted. Now, maybe that doesn't sound like a huge deal to you, but there was a time uh, throughout the history of Simply Put where we maybe had 50 listens over the span of three months. And so this is super exciting for me. And so here's what I just want to ask you to do is if you could, um, wherever you listen to this, at, whether it's Spotify, Apple, whatever, if you could subscribe and you could rate it, it helps people find it. Um, I'm not saying this for my own glory or anything along those means. It literally helps people find this podcast. And we definitely want to get this into the hands of as many people as we can. So if you could help me with that, that would be fantastic. I would really actually very much appreciate that and throw yourself a little party because you are part of the growth, which is awesome. All right. So today we are looking at Philippians chapter one and we're diving into the second half of this. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about motive and when it's necessary to stay put. So thanks for hanging out. Let's dive in. Welcome to Simply Put, a podcast that has been brought to life with you in mind. Whether you consider yourself an all-in Christian or have never been introduced to the freedom found in God, this podcast is for you. While the Bible might seem complicated, God's message is rather simple. Every week, you can expect Brit to take God's Word and break it down into something we can all better understand. Now here's your host, Brit. All right, guys. So to start off this episode, I want to own up to something and then I want to ask you the same question. So I need to own up to the fact that I am super, I don't know if the word is critical or cautious or hesitant to put my name on anything. I mean, I am like, there is a serious wall in my spirit because I just, I don't know people's motives. And I always question why they're doing what they're doing. and, And unless I know that, I have a very hard time signing off. Does anybody else agree? Like, do you, I don't know if that hits home for you or if you're like, Brit, you're crazy. But there's something in me that always questions other people's motives. Let me explain. If I see somebody share a Bible verse and I know them personally and I know that, um, oh, I'm exposing some ugly parts, y'all, don't judge me. Uh, I know their lifestyle doesn't line up with that. I get a little like critical and I'm like, why would you share that? You don't even believe that. I know that's ugly. I'm just telling you what happens in my heart. Maybe you can agree. And so if you agree, which you probably do because you're human. Paul talks to us about this in Philippians chapter one, part two. And so we're going to pick up in verse 15 and we're just going to work through uh, the rest of this chapter. So Philippians 1 15, it says, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely. Supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. Then Paul says, man, I love this line. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. 
okay, you guys, I just, I want to be so much more like Paul because I got to be honest, this is not, um, this is not my tendency. But the reason I want us to start here today is because I want to ask you honestly, is there a place in you that because you are judgmental of the way other people approach Christ, you don't want to? Like maybe you're watching how religion plays out in somebody else's life and and you sit there on the sidelines and you're like, if that's what that is, I don't want that. And here's what Paul is saying in the scriptures. He's like, here's the deal, guys. People preach Christ out of a ton of different motives. So you're going to have people that preach Christ um, in in almost like in a position to hurt you. You know, that's going to be your Bible beaters. Don't do this. Don't do that. You have people that will preach Christ because um, it looks cool or it, it's more uh, righteous, you know, and then you'll have people that preach Christ with true ambition that just want to introduce you to the will of God. And, and the tendency is to say one is more correct than the other. The tendency is to say that God will use one more than the other. But what Paul is saying here is no, 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 no. Everything is utilized. And I think if we're honest, we're we're feeling this in a lot of different ways. I want to speak specifically about um, the Black Lives Matter movement, because I think this is an area where we really fall into this temptation, where we're watching things transpire. We're watching businesses take a stand. We're watching corporations take a stand. We're watching people take a stand. And it's easy to wonder, are they doing it because they mean it or are they doing it because they want to be a part of it? And, and I really mean this in two different buckets because there is something in us that we will act in order to comply with what's taking place around us. And then there are other people that are passionate and this is ingrained in them and they want to do everything they can um, to, to break down systematic racism and all of that. And so you have these two different motives. And the tendency for people that are deeply passionate about this is to judge the people that are bandwagoners. You know, and you see this in sports, same exact thing. There's this tendency in us to judge people that have uh, bandwagoned on to something because we are deeply in love with it. And what Paul is saying here is, you know, to be honest, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter why they're there. It doesn't matter who brought them there. It doesn't matter what reasons they're there for. What matters is that they're here. And I had this thought while studying this text of, I mean, you think about this as a stadium, okay? Think about attending a sports game. Now, if I decide to put on the gear and attend and cheer for that team, nobody knows the difference if I'm not a true fan. The truth of the matter is I'm one of many that make up a noise that encourages people to continue through the game. And our walk with Christ should be the same. What would it look like if we made that the picture in our mind when we see somebody just do one small thing that elevates him? What would it look like if that was our heart for even the smallest acts of kindness? We say, yeah, but you're on my team. And I think what I find so encouraging about Paul um, is just that line. What does it matter? You know, if if people are bandwagoning for a good cause, if people are bandwagoning for Christ, if people are bandwagoning for sports, what does it matter? And that's only something only we can address in our own hearts. That's something people that are, are deep into it, that are like passionate about it. This is on us. This is our own hearts that tend to be critical 
of people that maybe are new to it or maybe aren't completely sold out. And I think this is really important for us to grab as as believers in Christ. Um, and this is really important for us to grab as just people in general. It's that God will use whatever God wants to use. You don't get to say. You don't get to decide what he uses and what he doesn't. My Bible says God works all things together for the good of those who love him. And so whether in false motive or out of sincerity, Paul says, what does it even matter? Here's what you need to focus on. that Christ is being preached. And if he's being preached, if kindness is being taught, if love is being shown, if support is being recognized, then rejoice. He goes on to say in uh, verse 18, part B, he says, yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Holy Spirit, what has happened to me, we studied that last week, will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am going to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I want to stop here because this next piece is a huge chunk, but it's also um, just a passage that is near and dear to my heart. And so I want to shed some light on how this has anchored me in seasons where I wanted to run. So Paul is writing us this letter while he is in prison. And I'm sure the, the weight and the pressure of even his current circumstances is weighing heavy upon him. And even in this moment, he's like, look, guys, I'm going to continue to rejoice. But then he he really clarifies where this help comes from. And I think this is really important for us to grasp because many of us think our help comes from education or who we know or what we know. And here's what Paul says his help comes from prayers and the Holy Spirit. That's it. There's no like 13 stanzas to that. It's just prayers and the Holy Spirit. And he says, because of those two things, I know what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Now that word deliverance in context, it, it means set free. And so ultimately what Paul is saying is, I know through that your prayers and through the Holy Spirit, what has happened to me will turn out and it will set me free. And then even in prison, Paul's like, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted. Now, I want to go down a little bit and then we're going to go back up. Kind of like, I don't know, I feel like it's like hydraulics right here. Um, because later on in the scriptures, picking up in verse um 22, he says, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I don't really know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is by far better. But it is necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy and faith. So that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ will overflow on account of me. Okay, so we're just going to pause right there. And I I want to go back now and give you guys more context of the time in which I had found this scripture. So I found this scripture on June 24th, 2018. And this scripture was just like 
it felt like a flashlight in maybe one of the darkest seasons that I had walked through. And um, I had just gone through a breakup and, you know, breakups in the church are a little weird because it feels awkward to leave because you don't want to leave everybody. And then it feels awkward to stay because it's uncomfortable and you have friends and it feels so messy. And so if you are um, in the midst of a breakup and you're in the church, I'm just sorry, just keep going through it. But I found this verse, June 24th, 2018, right after um, all of this had transpired. And I was at this pivot point and I was working with a counselor and I had decided to stay for a few weeks and I was trying to kind of navigate, you know, do I stay planted? Do I move to a different location? What is, what does this next little bit look like? And, you know, um, the morning that I found this verse, I, it's so crazy the things that you remember because I had texted my counselor the night before and I was like, Hey, I'm going to go to a different church tomorrow. I won't disclose. I was like, I'm going to go to a different church tomorrow. I just, I can't do it anymore. I'm just tired and it hurts and I can't breathe and I don't want to do this anymore. And so that was the night before June 23rd. And on the morning of June 24th, I found this verse. And there's something so true about when we're in circumstances that are hard, when we're around people that have hurt us, when we are ostracized or maybe when we feel unheard. There is this tendency to leave. And I see it all the time. I see it in churches. I see it in friendships. I see it in workplaces. There is something so real in us that does not want to face conflict. And it definitely doesn't want to walk through something that is excruciatingly painful. And so the morning I found this verse, um, can we be honest? Can we just have like a moment of truth? I was very much, you know, I kind of felt ashamed. I don't know if you've ever gone through a breakup, but maybe you have. If you haven't, well, consider yourself lucky. But, you know, no matter if it's one month or one year, there's this sense of like, man, I'm just not good enough. Or I just can't get it together. Or I just can never settle down. You know, I've been on both sides of the fence. And there's a certain level of shame that wants to hover over you. There, there just is. And I, I don't know what it is, but... There's this level of shame that just seems to hover as a dark cloud that whispers those lies that you're not good enough, that you're not pretty enough, that you're too much, uh, that you'll never be able to be in a good relationship. And I just want to speak some life. I feel this is for somebody specifically. That is not true. And the Bible says that the devil is the father of lies. And so if it's a lie, if the devil is talking to you, you know he's lying to you. And so I want to speak a word of truth over you that the Lord has you. And he will move you and he will do exactly what he must do with you. Okay, so I just want you to receive that. That was for someone specifically. But here's where I'm getting is, you know, Paul in this circumstance is where a lot of us find ourselves. He's like, honestly, guys, I want out of this. I don't want to do this anymore. It would be better for me to just go be with Jesus. But it's necessary that I stay. And so because it's necessary that I stay, I'll remain right here. And I want us to circle around this for a little bit because this is so heavy on my heart this week as I believe we all walk through these seasons where we're kind of faced with two decisions. Do we move or do we stay? Do we bow out or do we continue to walk through. And so I revert back to that Sunday, June 24th, 2018, when I walked back into those church doors. And you guys, it was the most painful. <laughs> it was 
painful six months of my life. I mean, I wept. I, I just look like a fool all the time. But you know what? I learned more in that season than anything that you could credit to me. And the Lord surfaced so much and he favored so much in that season. And there was so much revelation in that season. And there was so much growth in that season. And there was so much healing done in that season. But over and over again, it's because I heard him speak those words, sit, stay, and heal. And now if you're thinking that sounds like a dog, it's because it does. I don't know why the Lord spoke that to me, but it was so real for me. And so month after month, I would sit, I would stay, and I would heal. And in that process, it was embarrassing. It was hard. It was messy. It was not fun. It was not cute. Uh, But it was worth it, is what I'm saying. And so, look, I just want to tell you, if you're walking through a season where you're feeling this, you know, and you're like, Britt, I just, I want out. And I don't want to walk through this because it's too painful. And I don't want to face these people anymore. And I don't want to face this place anymore. And I just want out. Friend, here's what I would tell you is you can leave at any time. And I, and this, I just feel like I should preface this. I'm not talking like abusive relationships. I think you should leave. Um, But when it comes to just the hard things in life that we don't want to walk through, you have permission to leave at any time. But when you stay, you access a new intimacy with God. He speaks in ways you never thought he would speak. He moves in ways you never could have imagined he would move. I mean, I look back at that season with the Lord and he was so good to me in the midst of such a painful time. And what I've learned through that is the only way out is through. You cannot get over something, someone, some experience if you don't walk through it. That means you're going to have to unpack it. That means you're going to have to do the hard work of getting a counselor and actually working through it. But when you do, not when you arrive, but on that journey, I promise the Lord will pour out favor, truth, and grace over you time and time again. So Paul stays. And he tells us, convinced of all of this, I'm going to remain. And I'll continue with all of you in faith so that through my being with you, your joy in Christ will overflow on account of me. But then he says this. He says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in the absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit contending as one man for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle I had and now hear that I still have. So as Paul is concluding Philippians, this is what he tells us. He's like, guys, let's Here's the deal. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. So whether you think somebody is preaching Christ out of false motive, conduct yourselves worthy. Whether you feel ashamed, conduct yourself worthy. Whether you want to die rather than walk through it, conduct yourself worthy. When it's hard, conduct yourself worthy. When you don't want to, conduct yourself worthy. When it's difficult, conduct yourself worthy. Because there's joy in Christ when we conduct ourselves worthy. That it doesn't matter who sees us or who knows us, but they know 
by the way you live your life, the way you speak, the way you believe, the way you, um, the way you walk through optimism, through hard days, the way you navigate that, they will know that you stand firm in Christ. So I want to end here and I recognize that this isn't maybe the most feel good note to end on, but I want to touch on this last line. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. I don't know a way to sugarcoat this. I don't know any better way to say this, but I think there's this misconception that walking with Christ is going to be easy. And it's not. It's not easy. I just say that comfortably. It's it's difficult, but it's worth it. And and the reason I feel so strongly on my heart to say this is because I feel like we amp ourselves up that when we start walking with Christ, things will get easier and and those the job you want will come through and finances will recover. And, and I hope all of that happens. Please hear me. I do. But the Lord will make you face stuff that you didn't intend to face and he will make you um, an instrument for redemption in a very tough world. So I feel the need to say that to you today, that if you're experiencing some heartache, if you're experiencing some frustration or some tension, it's not that God has left you. It's that God is using you. And sometimes in order for him to use you, he has to put you in circumstances that are uncomfortable. He will put you in circumstances that feel impossible. But it's not because they are. It's because he wants to prove his power through you. And so I hope you take that. I hope you pocket that. I hope you remember that. That, yes, life with the Lord is full of a lot of valleys and a lot of mountaintops. But it's not about what happens in the valleys and the mountaintops. It's about where he takes you along the way. So lean into him. Let him guide you. And I promise he will use you in ways that you never dreamed possible. Thanks for hanging out today, guys. I will see you back here next week for Philippians chapter 2. Part one. Have a good day.